This is The Guardian. Hello, Guardian columnist Jonathan Friedland here. I now have my own US politics podcast, which is, helpfully, called Politics Weekly America. So if you want to hear my interviews with politicians like Hillary Clinton or expert analysis from Guardian journalists and the latest news from Washington, D.C. and beyond, you should subscribe. To do that, just type Politics Weekly America into Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be there every Friday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. The consequences of the Russia-Ukraine war are being felt throughout the world. Oil and gas prices have been surging, and soon, households will find that their food bills are going up too. Russia's invasion of Ukraine also stoking fears of a drastic increase in food costs. The two countries are key suppliers of grains and edible oils, and the crisis has already driven wheat prices to their highest in 10 years. Russia and Ukraine are two of the world's largest exporters of wheat, maize and edible oils. Together, the two countries account for around 12% of global food calories. They are also big exporters of agricultural fertiliser. People don't really focus on it all that much, but Russia is one of the largest producers of uh, things that go into fertilizers. Russia's invasion into Ukraine will inevitably impact production and exports, putting pressure on a global food system already struggling with the effects of the pandemic and the climate crisis. The United Nations has warned world food prices could increase by as much as 20%, triggering a rise in global malnutrition. But how will the war impact food supplies and prices around the world? And could this throw vulnerable regions 
already facing food shortages, into crisis. From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Joe Glaubert, as a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute in Washington, you've obviously spent a lot of time looking at crop security and all the kind of factors that go around that, including what could happen with Ukraine and Russia. So first off, it would be great to get some background. What kinds of foods do Ukraine and Russia produce and how much are they producing? Ukraine and Russia are major grain suppliers to the world. If you look at the wheat market in particular, I think that's where they are really dominant. So Russia and Ukraine account for 30% of, of exports. And what we're currently forecasting for them to be exporting this year, Russia is, was expected to export about 35 million tons and Ukraine export around 24 million tons. Again, 30% of the world market. I mean, that's pretty significant. And I know that Ukraine is also a huge producer of sunflower oil as well. That's right. Uh, Ukraine accounts for about 50% of sunflower oil that's traded in the, the world. They are also very large exporters of maize. So all these commodities are very important. And right now, because due to the blockage of ports, very uncertain about not just those crops, that were harvested last year and have yet to be exported, but obviously what will be planted this year and harvested later in the year. And Russia and Ukraine don't just export all these crops either, do they? They export the things that we need crops to grow, fertiliser. How significant is that? For fertiliser, we're really talking about Russia. Ukraine actually imports fertiliser from Russia and from Belarus. And both Belarus and Russia are very important, both because they export fertilizers like ammonia, like urea, like potash and potassium based fertilizers. These are essential building blocks for crops. And Russia also is a very major exporter of natural gas and natural gas is a feedstock for fertilizer production. And I know that this region of the world is known as the breadbasket of the world because it produces so much wheat. So if we start off looking at that, it's going to need to be planted in the spring for an autumn harvest. What could happen if Ukrainian farmers aren't able to do this and we lose their exports from the global food supply? Yeah, we have two periods where I think coming up that are very crucial. One, as you mentioned, in April and May, farmers typically in Ukraine typically plant the spring planted crop. And that is very much in doubt right now. Following that, however, is we have a fall planted crop that was planted last year that will be harvested typically in June and July. So that will be also something that will be looked at. As we know, the ports are closed. Troops have cut rail lines. Uh, So it's very unclear what will happen to that wheat. And what do you expect to happen with fertiliser? How could the war impact the production and export of that? Russia had already put on some restraints on fertiliser exports, and we have seen that around the world in other countries as well, China, for example. And, And remember that unlike wheat, which is grown in a lot of countries 
things like fertilizer, some of those are very, very specific to something like potash, where you can go to a handful of countries in the world that have uh, mining capability or resources there that can be exported. And so export restrictions there, I think, are really putting pressure on top of that with the very high natural gas prices. All of that's putting pressure on fertilizer prices, again, not just in Europe, but around the world. Joe, we've heard that here in the UK and in the US where you are, shortages will ultimately mean higher prices rather than a lack of food. But is this the case everywhere? Where might be hardest hit around the world? Small countries with very limited revenues. In particular, you know, you focus on countries like Yemen and, and some of the countries in the Horn of Africa, which were major wheat consumers, you know, where so wheat is a very significant part of the overall diet, in some cases as much as uh, 40, 50% of calories coming from, from wheat, and of that, most of that being imported. They're being affected most significantly, I think, in the near term. And remember that prices are typically denominated in U.S. dollars. In the past, when we've seen high commodity prices, the dollar has been weak relative to other currencies. This is is very different in that regard, in the sense that the, that we see a very very strong dollar. The implications are is for any country who's importing in local currencies are going to have to pay even more to get a hold of that wheat. Joe, what's happening to Ukrainian people is awful and they themselves may face food shortages in the coming weeks and months. But it does also show how interconnected we all are and our systems are and how this is going to ripple out across the world. And from everything you've said, it sounds seriously concerning and worrying. I mean, it's not a great picture, is it? No, I mean, if you translate everything that Ukraine exports into calories and compare that globally, they account for, you know, five to six percent of calories traded in the world. You know, that five percent may not sound like much, but that's actually quite significant. If you add Russia, you're really talking the two of them 10 to 12 percent. So, you know, the loss of Ukraine wheat, for example, is much akin to a major drought in the world. And remember that that's occurring on top of low stocks. So, of course, war can never come at a good time, but this has come at a particularly bad time for global markets just because we already were in a very, very tight situation. Joe, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you. Thanks again to Joe Glauber. You can find all of our coverage on the Russia-Ukraine war at theguardian.com. And our sister podcasts, Today in Focus and Politics Weekly UK, are doing some incredible reporting as well. So do search for Today in Focus and Politics Weekly UK wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, The Guardian is running a survey about podcasts. We want to know more about how and why you listen, so we can make our podcasts even better for you. We'd love as many people as possible to take part. So if you've got a few minutes to spare, go to www.guardiansurveys.com forward slash podcast. 
And we've also put a link to that on our podcast webpage at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. The producers were me and George Cooper. The sound design was by Tony Onuchukwu. And the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.